Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Everybody Needs a Nudge. Um, Rupia, how many days has it been since we did a podcast? A week. I feel like you're, you you so my guest on the show is Chris Roach. Chris, you're a uh, city kid identified by your parish right over in, in Dorchester? Yeah, well, I was I was born in Charlestown and, um, you know, my mother's from Dorchester, my father's from Charlestown and, and typically folks in, in Dorchester do identify by the parish. Um, so I have to pay homage to my Charlestown roots first and foremost as Got my it. family went back over a century All right. in that neighborhood. So, but that kind of like, so you, you're Catholic? Very Catholic, yes. Oh, very Catholic. Yeah. Is, there like, is that more Catholic than that? Well, there's Orthodox and non, non-Orthodox, and there's folks that, that practice and, and don't practice. And do you practice? I, I do, yeah, I do. So that little, when I said how many days, that's like, isn't that the start of like when you go to confession? How many days yes. did don't you go? Confession? Yes. Don't you go in? You're like, yes. forgive me, I, Father. I, forgive me, Father. It's been X amount of time since my last confession, and during yeah. that time, I've committed the 17 crimes. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm forgiven, right? At, and I can at, go at, at least, at least. <laughs> and I miss going to confession. I used to go to St. Anthony's Shrine downtown on Art Street uh, pretty frequently. I miss going downtown. Actually, it's a, it's, it's beautiful. It's changed so much uh, downtown Boston, of course. But yeah. St. Anthony's Shrine is a beautiful place. So how long has it been since our last podcast? I'd say <clears throat> a week and a half. Ugh, I know. We almost missed this one, too. I know. Um, Rochi saved the day. Who did? Rochi saved Rochi the day. did save the day. So we were just talking off air about days off, and, and Root has got a lot of days off coming up. Because I've taken none. I know, but I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like you need to spread your days out uh, off over the course of the year. Let me roll them over. Well, let me talk to HR on that. <laughs> but what? So, what happens if you roll them over? <clears throat> My point isn't this isn't about rolling them over. I'm trying to give you some advice. Take some days off, right? Because something always comes up, like at work. Yeah, I know. But I was like, hey, we have to do the podcast tomorrow, and you're like, I'm going to New York. So that came up, and she still is leaving. Right. But so I said Monday I would come in for it. You did say that. I'm just telling, Rochi, what do you think? You got to take your days off. Yeah, I think that one, you have to listen to, to, to folks that have uh, more experience in life, quite Older, frankly. older yep, folks. Yep, if, 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 you know, <laughs> if there's anything I can tell anyone of my kids, like please listen to, to people with more experience and especially people that care about you. Yeah. So I think Danny cares about you and I think if he's saying something, then we I need to listen. I should take my days off. Yeah, take yeah. your days yeah, 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 No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You misheard what I said. You misheard. I didn't say take more days off. I said take days off earlier in the year so that you're not trying to get, you know, taking the whole month of December off. Right. I mean, geez, like every Monday and Friday, out, 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 four-day weekend. It's like a big giant party for you. You're going to miss me. I am. It's tough. I know. So as most of you guys know out there, I'm a, I like to win, right, Rochi? Everybody likes to yeah, win, right? Yeah, very competitive. So That's I, normal. I saw a great quote um, I think it was on Instagram or something. And essentially it's like, <clears throat> you know, those like motivational quotes that you see on yeah, Instagram and the guy's up there speaking. I think he's like a football coach and he's talking about winning and the message and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but the message is essentially winning doesn't care about you. Winning doesn't care what's going on in your life. Winning doesn't care what's going on at home. Winning doesn't care if you don't feel good. Winning doesn't care if you don't want to be there. Winning doesn't care about you. So if you want to win, be ready to give up and make sacrifices for all those other things because winning isn't waiting for you. I love it. It's a, it was like I was like this I, quote I, I, is. I love it. I'm gonna. I'll send it to you, uh, Rupert. Maybe you can patch it in with your like your your, your produ- producer skill. Here's what you should know about winning before you chase it. 
Winning's not loyal to you. It doesn't care about you. Winning doesn't care how sore you are. Winning doesn't care how much sleep you get. Winning doesn't care how hard you work at times. And sometimes a guy doesn't outwork you and he still wins. It isn't fair, man. Sometimes there is no justice. Winning requires all of you and then more, and it promises you nothing. It's a mastermind of creating fear and doubt in your mind. It causes setback after setback. So the question is about winning. Are you willing to sprint when the distance is unknown? And why chase this thing called winning? Because the only thing that's guaranteed in life, if you don't chase it, is losing. Um, Because I was like, wow, because he's right. Yep. You know what I mean? And, yep. and uh, the game goes on and you got whether you, you know, if you're, if you're going to, you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to win. Yep. Right. I just thought it was an amazing quote. And, and um, I joke all and I don't joke. I, you know, I, I've in my coaching, I, I, I like to win. Right. And, and people know me as a guy who really likes to win and, and really hates to lose. Terrible. Lo- I'm a really bad loser. Really bad. Are you a good? Lo- this is a weird question, but like, are you a good loser? I think I, I have my moments. Yeah. I think that, you know. I, but you grew I, up playing sports, right? I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. Yes. I was very super competitive, um, like like everybody. And definitely, of course, I hate losing. And was I a sore loser at, at times? Yes. Good. Yeah. That's what I like no, to no, hear. It's the truth. Of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want to show me. A, what did Lombardi say? Vince Lombardi, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Mm. Right. Rupert, do you like to lose? You don't have a competitive bone in your body. Like, well, Nobody if I those. lost, that means somebody else won, and that makes me happy. <laughs> My glasses have fall. All the time. Fake news. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Oh, I lost, but that's okay because you won. Nobody <laughs> likes to lose. No, no. So, but, but however, the losing's a part of life, and, and yeah, yeah, you're gonna you lose a lot to, more, a lot, lot more <clears> than you're gonna win. Ain't that the truth? So, hockey season started. Um, Did, may I ask a question? Yeah. Does it end? Yeah, well, that, I was. So I, uh, this is one of the questions I wanted to ask you before we get into sort of your life story and and how you got into this chair with me. Uh, you're kind of new to the hockey world. I, n- no, yeah, I mean, growing up, where, well, okay, where, where, where I grew up, well, hockey is is you know, it's like second to Christ. So <laughs> I just life. particularly, I was not a hockey player, right? You know, but so you're new to the you're new to the to, hockey parent a, world. I'm, I'm new to the hockey parenting world. Yes. And what is your so obviously Chris Schumacher here in the office calls it a cult, describes it as a cult. Accurately, you think ac- accurately? Yeah, yeah. People are crazy. Yeah, people are cr- completely crazy when it comes to hockey. I just think, in, in you know, everybody's competitive with, with whatever youth sports their children are participating in. Everybody's involved. Everybody's you know um, contributing, <coughs> but it, it seems look, hockey's regional, like specific to Massachusetts, maybe yeah. uh, Michigan, but uh, folks in Boston and folks in Massachusetts are completely, totally nuts <laughs> when it comes to hockey. Out of control. Out of control. Yeah, out of control. <laughs> Parents. You know, at the rink, from you know, coaches to you know, we're all the way down the, the line. The, like the and, and actually the politics. So like, the, let's forget like club hockey. Let's forget high school hockey. Let's yeah. forget. What, what, let's talk youth hockey. Let's yeah. talk mites and squirts. Yeah. Politics with right. mites and squirts. And I'm the mites and squirts for the don't know like seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids, right? They're 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 the, they're the young young kids. Yeah, they're the beginners. It's third graders, fourth yeah. graders. Yeah, they're the beginners. Yeah. And and Jimmy gets on the t- phone, gets on the team because Jimmy's dad is buddies with Johnny, and Johnny's the coach. And yeah, 
still goes yeah, on. A lot of politicking involved in I th- that. I, and might youth town <laughs> hockey. You know? And I thought I recently saw something, in, it might have even been in Dorchester, where the woman was suing, the, the, the mother was like suing the youth hockey program because of that type of politicking that was going on. It could have been. Could, I try not to pay any attention to it, um, but it, that might have been the case, yes. So um, I, I love that you're in the cult. <laughs> right. So I, 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 uh, I am. I am. I, you know, I, as most of you know, I coach uh, all my listeners out there, all my tons and tons of listeners. Coach the Duxbury High girls hockey team. So uh, whenever I leave work, I got to go down and coach whatever practice. Chris Kumar always says, there goes the cult leader. He's going down to his chapter. They're going to have a ceremony down there. They're going to have a, a sermon. It's, it's not, you know. I, listen, to me, it's a wonderful uh, sport, and I love it. Listen, so so I can appreciate the, the humor, and, and, and we were just enjoying the, a humorous moment with respect to it, but I have nothing but the utmost respect for coaches, and, and I realize the impact that coaches make on children's lives and, you know, how important it is, especially with a good coach and somebody who's uh, positive and, you know, like like just a development, not just with the, the sport itself, but the impact that it has on kids. So I love coaches in general because it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a grind. It's a, lot of it's a grind. But I, so I'll tell you one story and we'll um, then we'll finish the sort of daily wrap up. But um, I coach Duxbury High and I also coach a club team. I coach with the Bay State Breakers and I've coached Annabelle's, my daughter Annabelle's team. She's a junior at Buckingham Brown and Nichols now and I've coached their team for a thousand years. And two girls, one girl that I coached at, Duxbury High and another girl that I coached with the Breakers are now playing together uh, at Tabor Academy in yep. Marion. Yep. Very um, high level uh, of hockey. Yep. And they called me on, uh, they played Saturday, they called me and um, I didn't. I was sleeping, it was like 10.30 at night and uh, I got a text the next day and it was essentially them saying, hey, you know, hey, we played together today. We won. I scored two goals. Learned from the best, or something like that. It was just a nice, you know. It's it's, it's like all the hard work that you so put sweet. in. Yeah, it was so sweet. Yeah. Um, very thoughtful. And then, you know, uh, the other thing that was sent to me today, they at Tuxbury High School, they put up a board like, "What do you love the most about? Um, what do you love the most about Tuxbury High School athletics?" And some one of my players, anonymous, put up their nudge on the board. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. So to tell you, so as much as a parent appreciates the coaches i think the majority of the coaches that i know they do it for the kids and they do it for moments like that right that makes it all worthwhile all the all the headaches um so quick little update my three kids annabelle's trucking away she's just took the psat so she's getting ready for college awesome all that stuff um rose uh rose is on a competitive cheerleading team and they had a, a competition this past weekend, and they received a bid to the World Summits. Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. So she's going down in April. They'll go down to Florida, Orlando, and uh, and she gets to compete. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. The Orlando. We went last fun. year, um, and the athletes down there were incredible. These girls from age, I don't know, 8, 9, all the way up to, you know, 17, 18-year-old. High school. Nobody was in college. The things they were doing was were incredible, like the, the the tumbling, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. And, and um, excuse me, um, it, like in terms of region, is this like national? Like, so summits national. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I don't think it has anybody coming in from from out of um, USA, but it's national. They yeah, were, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. She so she she got that going on. Hank Hank's doing his thing, playing hockey at there, there playing hockey. 
He loves it. Um, and um, and Doris approved of the shorter uh, intro version. So she reached out and said, I, you know, I really. Doris, my, you, have you met my sister? I have not. Okay. Actually, so she's no. our number yeah. one fan. She's the best. She um, got us these chairs. Surprisingly. Actually, yeah. You know, no. she's she was in for the podcast. Um, she did the podcast and her son did the podcast. So, um, but. Uh, without further ado, we'll get into you. Chris Roach, born in Charlestown, uh, long time, uh, long time member of the team over here at Crowd Lending. Seven, going on seven years. Founding member, original member. That original OG with, with with Dan and Chris. OG, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, no, two, oh, 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah, 2015. Yes. Um, but but before that, I didn't know you. Nope. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to know him. Let's let's get to know Chris. Yeah, different two different universes. Two. Well, that goes back to the city versus <laughs> suburb argument yeah. that we have all the time, and which I love and appreciate the <laughs> fact that that Danny has a, has his left up against city kids and, all the time. And I've kind of always had my left up against uh, non city kids. Yeah, but I'm opening my mind. We're all. I don't have a choice anymore. We're all learning. We're all learning. Well, we're trying to get you out of the city. You're Quincy now. <laughs> Then we're gonna go. Next move is gonna be Braintree. Well, It'll get you down to. I was well. I was in Weston this morning at the dentist office. I was like, I could have, I could have stuck around there for a little. Oh while. yeah, that's yeah. big time oh, yeah, out there. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, it was so beautiful. Weston's yeah. Nice. Uh, so Charlestown, brothers and sisters. God's country. Yeah. So um, immediate family. Um, one sister and um, and then you know my parents got divorced and my mother got remarried. Yeah. And, had another child, but um, I had never lived with her because when, when my mother and father got divorced, I kind of stayed with my father and my yeah. sister went with my mom. So two two sisters. So yeah. the sister is uh, the fir- the first sister is older or younger than She's you? She's yeah, younger. So so you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah, Irish twins. They, they refer to it as Irish, Irish twins. twins. So you're yeah. within twelve months. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Hey, Papa Paisan. How you doing, bud? Hi, Chris. Um, so, and how long do you grow all all? No, so so it was an unconventional path with a lot of um Well that's know, why it, we're talking it, about with yeah. sort of the, the the nudges that led you to where you are. Yeah, and I'm and I'm 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 so very fortunate and so very blessed that there there were a lot of nudges. Good uh, nudges. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no 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 God always had his eye on me and you know made sure that I was getting nudged along <laughs> and God works through people. So I cuz I was veering off the path and it, and right at a very young age but um where I'm going is so my mother father got divorced and um, my sister ended up staying with my mom and, um, I stayed with my father and my father had some issues and my grandparents ended up raising me okay. and my, my grandmother, and my grandfather, Grandfa- grandparents on your father's side, on my father's side, um, in Charlestown. And, um, from when I was about, you know, 11, 12, like sixth grade, seventh grade. And, so what's, uh, and what sports were you playing back then? At, at that point in time, you know, um, I, I could play any sport, you know, that I touched yeah. and, uh, <laughs> when, uh, you know, like with my grandparents being slightly elderly, so it was it was a little bit difficult. You know, being uh, involved in in a lot of the organized sports, so getting to hockey and yeah. playing organized hockey and stuff. So I, I would be up the boys and girls club and in Charlestown. In Charlestown. That's and, a busy place. Yeah, it's a great place. It's a be- it's a it's a Very real busy. beautiful special place. Uh, my grandfather, he was like a, a part time janitor there when I was a kid in like um, you know the early eighties and mid eighties. He was retired from. Uh, from the uh, the army, he drove a truck for the army, and um, you know, back and forth from handsome Air Force Air Force base. But um, yeah, I was proud that he was a janitor up there. So, so you spent a lot of time at that boys and girls club. 
Did yeah, it was it's a very yeah again. So there must have been some people there that were influential on your life. And yes, yeah, no, there was there was a, a lot of extremely good people that were that were influential there. But the, the, I would say that the, the one of the most influential people was uh, a parish priest named uh, Father Ron Coyne, who um, came to Charlestown in 1989, I think, and he started. Um, you know, like CYO, like so we started like Color Guard. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. The no, color I'm not. I know what CYO is, because but I don't know what's Color Guard. So Color Guard is 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 typically girls, and they they, they march and they have the um the fake guns and they throw them up the in the rifles, air and, and the, the rifles. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. In so the, and was CYO like the boy side of it or something? No. So so CYO was just. You know, were you just chasing just, the girls that were in the Color Guard? No, I, I was just <laughs> I was just giving props to my man Father Ron Coyne. Yeah. And, uh, Coyne. He, he he came in. And uh, kind of like revitalized um, a lot of the things that weren't happening you in know? Charlestown. And, and, yeah, and it was a period like early '90s, you know, uh, late '80s when you know, like the city was in a tough, tough spot. It was a yeah. lot different than um, than it is today. Well, there's been a huge gentrification over there. And, and huge. So, and I'm pretty much a student of gentrification. I've been observing it and witnessing it since you know the late '70s. So, like gentrification started in Charlestown, like in literally, like so. You have the, the Bunk Hill Monument, then you have yep. City Square. And those pockets where you can walk down. Now, City Boston. Square is is I know where the Bunk Hill Monument is up on Double Hill. City Square is down by by the Schraff Building. No, that would be uh, Sullivan Square. Okay, which is now um, an Opportunity Zone, and um, that was dubbed by Mayor Walsh. And there's a lot of development occurring there. It's going to look like the Seaport in, in five to ten years. But City, City Square, Square is the end, the opposite end of the North End Bridge. So if you come over the north, okay, bridge, all right, oh yeah, yep. Then you enter Charlestown. That's City Square. City Square, okay, yeah, right there. Uh, so that particular area, there's some streets there. Um, again, where the gentrification began in the late '70s, early '80s. Is that like Winthrop Street up in that yeah. kind of right yes. by the uh, yeah, training? So Win- exactly. So Winthrop Street would be an extension, the training field. Yep. Yes, and that again is another. area. What was the name of the? Bo- there was a barber shop right there, wasn't there? A barber shop right on the training field. Yeah, but I forget. Um, so there was Jack the Barber, there was Umberto's, there was Tony the Barber in City Square, um, who I had gone to, and then, you know, my buddy Pat the Barber, he started cutting here, um, when I was 16 or 15, and I've been going to him for the last 30 years. Still go to him? Yeah, still go to him, yeah, yeah, for 30 years. <laughs> he has uh, a shop in Charlestown? So he, yeah, he's a great kid, he had, actually, coincidentally, he had a shop in, uh, in the housing development, his father worked as a maintenance man in the housing development, so he was able, able to get a shed, so nobody had sheds. And he started cutting here when he was about sixteen, and he would charge three dollars, and we'd give him five. We'd give him five bucks. You know, that's, like a, good, that's a, a good tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd give him a fin, and uh, it's it's interesting. We're gonna we're gonna go to confession today, guys. <laughs> All right. So Pat, my good friend Pat the Baba, he's been cutting my hair for thirty years, and and now with the children, so he, he has his shop. He's had several shops in Charleston. He, Started in Newtown in the projects, then he opened his first shop on Bunker Hill Street. Then he went to the training field. Yeah. And um, then he went so to. So maybe the, that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, but he wasn't around like. So years, this, years this ago. would have been, been. This would have been. I'm going to tell you when it would have been. This could have been like 03, like the middle of 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. He was there then. Yeah. yeah. I thought you might have been referring to like the 80s or no, something. No, no, no. Because I lived in Charlestown for a, for a few years. No. So he was there then. Okay. That's, that's right. when Pat was there. Yes. That's exactly. like right across the street from Killer's house, right? Exactly. From, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I was, the time frames. Because I was thinking gentrification, and I was in that period, that time period. Yeah, in my mind. that had already sort of that area had gentrified. Oh, yeah, 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 gentrified, and it was starting yeah. to work its way down um, towards Sullivan Square, right? Yeah, Essentially. yeah, the whole town. So yeah. it's like rapid, rapid fire gentrification. Actually, um, interestingly enough, yeah, you know, 
So um, you go to Charlestown High? I went to Charlestown High School. Yeah. I went to Charlestown High School. And yeah, yeah, it was a great experience. And, and again, it was like a period of time when um, the school, uh, Boston Public Schools were like post-busing. Uh, you know, busing occurred in 1974 and 1975, and the school system, unfortunately, was in disarray. Yeah. And um, that particular time period, when when I was there, um, well, it wasn't in the best shape. You the, know. School, the school, yeah, the school, the school, the school system. system. Yeah, yeah. They've made. So, so what, there's one thing they've they've done in the city of Boston, and is uh, the the school system has come a long, long way. So we we still have a, a long way to go, but they've made a lot of improvement with uh, the Boston Public Schools. What and so what year do you get out of? Uh, 1994. So my same year as me. Yeah, yeah, 1994. Yeah. And what do you do after that? So then I, I go to work. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a get a city job, and uh, my career path was originally government and politics. Okay. So, so I went to work for the uh, water and sewer department. How did you get that job? Because I mean, it's it's a hard job to get. Yeah, I, I was I was a hustler. Yeah. You know, I was a hustler, so I, I hustled politically. I, I would work on political campaigns, and I was like a political junkie. And um, I thought that was going to originally be my path was sure. was, was politics and, and again government, but I um I would work very hard. And, and then and, you got then someone gave you the job. Yeah, yeah, I, I earned it and, yeah. and I got the job. Wrong and, phrase. I, I no, hate no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I because I, it was you worked it, for it. it. I worked. You worked hard. for the opportunity because yeah, it was nothing given. And um, I got that job. So at you Water still and living in Charlestown at this time? I was still in Charlestown. Yeah, 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 yeah. I miss my house very much. Do you? I, I um, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful house. My, uh, my family, my grandmother's house, and uh, yeah, my buddy would pick me up. My buddy Mark Collins, he still works there, um, so he'd pick me up every day, and you know, off to Water and Sewer. It was located at uh, four twenty-five Summer Street uh, in South Boston, um, and or the Seaport. People argue about whether that's Southie or not, but yeah. So it's that. That was the um, the address, and now that's the address of um, the convention center, the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. Really? Yeah, where I ended up Well, the, I mean, the seaport is like, date. the seaport now is, I mean, it's completely different from when we were kids. Absolutely, it was just parking lots. Yeah. Yeah. O- open, yeah, you know, parking lots, abandoned lots, Anthony's Pier 4. That's it. And then the courthouse. That's it. Right? Yeah, and the courthouse came later, yeah. actually. But you're right. The courthouse was like, it was it the 80s or I, 90s? I want to say maybe the 90s, late it, 90s. Yeah, it was definitely... I remember practicing in there as a lawyer, like must have been mid two thousands, and I feel like it was probably like a decade old. So probably ninety five ish. Ninety. I even want to say a little later. It's because it's named after the great congressman John Joseph Moakley, who um, was like really revered and regarded nationally. He was a South Boston politician, and he didn't pass away that long ago. Stephen Lynch ended up filling his seat. And you know that's the Joe Moakley Courthouse. So yeah, uh, it's so in the nineties. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Sorry. But it's been it's yeah. it's 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 changed dramatically. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. As in, and speaking to that, um, after water and so I, I I was fortunate to to work at a number of city agencies. You know, and like that tends to happen. You 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 bounce around different particular city agencies. But I ended up working for the Massachusetts Convention and Exhibition. Excuse me, the MCCA. Um, which was is the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center, which is right there in the right. seaport. Also, that's what you we could we could see it from our old office, kind of, almost yes, right, like yes. right across. No, we definitely could see it. Yes, right across Surface Road or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so what did you do there? So I was like a community liaison. So during the construction of it, you know, I would just inform folks on on, on traffic patterns, and you know, I, I was an assistant to the director um, James Rooney, who. Um, 
he was chief of staff to Mayor Tomanino. He's now the president of the Chamber of Commerce for the city of Boston. So all these so, guys are still hanging around politics. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. But they, I mean, um, yes. Yeah. They're they hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time to be in politics, man. Yes. Yeah. But a, a gentleman like that, like like uh, Jim Rooney, who I mentioned, he went to Harvard. He came from a South Boston family of eleven boys. Um, he was a really fascinating, interesting. Uh, person to to work for and, and to be around. I was I was really lucky, um, but that, yeah. Is that the uh, same Rooney family's got the referee. Correct. Yes, got, so his brothers. Yeah. NHL Jay referee, Rooney, yeah. all those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know a bunch of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Big hockey family. Oh, great. Yeah. Big hockey family. Great family. Eleven and, boys. Yeah. Imagine. Selfie. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Father worked for the T. Eleven and, uh, boys. Matt, how do you even feed eleven boys? Like, it's boys. a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work yeah but it's like forget about I, I, I appreciate all that but just like the sheer logistics of making all those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I mean, logistics right? right think about it seriously 11 pieces of bread you put the you know I mean that's a grind oh yeah every day yeah and they're not just those boys aren't just eating one sandwich because yeah, they no. were all big boys yeah who eats one sandwich anyways <laughs> gotta have two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right yeah it's only it's only right two two's the number. I love peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> What's not to love? So so how long are you at the convention center, and ultimately do you leave there? Yeah, no, I did leave, and and, and it's interesting because why'd um, you leave? I I was never afraid to to take chances and to 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 want more if I wasn't passionate about something. Okay, and I'll and I'll tell you something interesting, and, and that's what that's me. why we have you on the show. Yeah, thank you to man. tell us interesting things. So so there was a so uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, well, there was a buddy of mine, and and, and I'm so I'm bouncing around government, city government, and uh, it's a grind, and you know everyone's competing for. For for the same jobs and it's it's, it's all highly competitive and it, and it's and it, again it's hard work like anything else and we're grinding and a buddy of mine saunters up to me in like saunters it's a great word yeah 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 so he, he saunters up and you know he's he's not an overly impressive fellow and um, <laughs> so we're 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 uh, we're kibitzing we're kibitzing and I'm like what are you doing these days and he says oh I'm doing real estate I'm killing it and this is like 2001. He goes, I made 120 grand last year. And I just stopped dead in my tracks. And uh, at the time, like I was always, a, I, I, I was a very hard worker in those yeah. days. I went to college at night. I'd work during the day. Where'd you go to college? I, UMass Boston. I delivered food on the weekends. I bartended on Sunday. So my set, like I, it was like a seven day grind. You were grinding just to I'm pay the bills. Grinding just to get ahead and stay busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to, just to, just to achieve as much as I could possibly achieve. But I, so I literally stopped dead in my tracks and I said, you made how much money? He said, yeah, I made 120. He's like, I'm selling real estate, ba ba ba. And I said to myself, I go, I go, this meathead can make 120 grand selling real estate. I go, I'm jumping in the real estate game. So there's the nudge. The unimpressive man. There's the nudge. He was not over. Unim no, he was. What did you say? Was I, not overly impressive. Yeah. Unimpressive yeah. fella. Yeah. Good guy. Great guy. Yeah. But I just looked at him. And, and said said, myself, I can do that. If he can do it, I can do it. And yeah. I always try to look at most humans and, and, and say that if that human being is capable of it, but I've learned there's a lot of things I'm not capable of that other <laughs> right. humans are capable right. of. Like, oh, <laughs> I was wrong about that <laughs> one. I've been wrong, been wrong an awful lot. Ah, <laughs> oh. so so this guy walks up to you and says, "You have this interaction, and it changes your path." It literally changed my path, like that, like just like that. Boom, and um, that's a great nudge right there. Yes. Yes. You should call that guy and thank him. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I often do uh, quietly to myself when we, we have conversations. Uh, <laughs> when he calls me for advice. 
Um, but yeah, so so I, I got my license in like 2002. In, in your real estate license, my real estate license. Yeah, like most most folks in real estate, I started you know grinding, doing rentals, doing property management, uh, grinding my way, uh, developing relationships with 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 homeowners and, and, and investors and developers to get eventually get sales. And uh, my my path was always going to be like the investment side of of the real estate business business or the development side. And fortunately, I was able through. They obviously say the harder you work, the more luck you have. Yeah, I, um, I was able to to land in a good spot in like um, two thousand six, seven, two thousand seven. So, you, so you're you're grinding away for four or five years. Are you? Yep. Did you hook up with like a broker or something? Yeah, so I was working for Old Town Real Estate originally. There's, they're they're a Charlestown outfit, no, right? So it's it's a Dorchester guy, Teddy Ahern. He's a great okay. guy. He's okay. a buddy of mine. He's a developer. He's actually like. He's one of the most brilliant, like, um, like zoning minds, yeah. um, in, in the city. He's still around the game. Yeah, yeah. I hate. I don't want him to hear this either because his, his his head is he's got an eagle <laughs> the size of the size of uh, what, the city. But he's yeah. the greatest guy in the world. But with, with respect to like zoning and building, he you know he's he's, he's brilliant got it. and he's loyal and good. Um, so I was always you know. So what you, were you like selling real estate for yeah, him? Yeah, so selling real estate. So he was the owner of the company and yep. I was selling real estate and then. You know, like most people, you kind of bounce around. So I, I bounce around to another company and then ended up going to South Boston for a little while. And then I went to work for uh, an REO uh, company, doing specifically doing REO properties. So REO, for those that don't know, real estate owned. That's what they call a, a piece of property that a bank takes back or a lender takes back, yep. right? We're, yep. we're a lender here at Crowd Lending. You know, sometimes we got to, you know, break some kneecaps and take yep. the property back. I'm kidding. We don't break kneecaps. Yep. We do. We nope. have taken the property back. Nope. We do not break kneecaps. Nope. 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 Okay. Certainly not. Look in the camera and tell. Say it. We do not break. I'm not involved in any <laughs> kneecap breaking, nor do I want to be ever. Never have been. Never will be. And anything beyond that, we're going to take the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> um, so, so an REO, they call it real estate owned, because that's a real estate owned by the bank or real estate owned by the lender. So when you get involved with real estate owned, it's usually you're selling them at a discount, right? And, you, and you're building a book of investors or guys that are doing fix and flips that you're going to go and market these properties to, correct? Yes. And, and there's some other variables like, so, so the, the, like what, like what market are you in? And in that time it was 2008. Yeah. So it was a real fascinating real estate market to be active in. So there was, there was a ton of REOs. There was a ton of short sales and um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. So at that time, right after sort of that 08, 09, when I opened my law firm, we were doing loan modifications and some short sale negotiations, which dovetails with all that REO stuff because the banks didn't want the properties back. They were willing to take a haircut at 30, 35% on the loan and let, let it go to a, to a developer who was going to, you know, fix it up and flip it. And that's sort of the, that was a big, big driver of the business uh, in that, during that decade, the 2010 to 2020 era. Correct. Yeah. I negotiated a number of short sales and worked on a lot of short sales and it's more beneficial both to the, um, the lender and, uh, and the homeowner, uh, to, to go the short sale route versus getting foreclosed on. Yeah. So I mean, it's a, better, it's a better option. It's a better option. Everybody kind of, I mean, the, the bank takes a haircut, but it, in the reality, if it's Wells Fargo or Bank of America, and they're talking about <clears throat> a $30,000 haircut on some loan that's a $300,000 loan, they, they're okay with that because they've got $7 trillion to back that up, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that that's the math real quick, right? They'll yeah. look, but to the person that's getting out from under the bad loan, they're excited, 
for the person that's buying the property at a discount, they're excited, and it it really jump started the, the housing boom that we saw. Absolutely, post that. I mean, it, no, you, you couldn't be more right. It definitely jump started it, and, and and again, it was real fascinating to to, to watch. Yeah. you know, each year. So you were on all sides of it. You've been on all sides of deals because I know obviously you do. A, you've done. You have a tremendous. Uh, lending business now with us in a book of business, but you did REOs, you did short sales, you were doing property management. So you've seen it from, from yes, all and, and, and angles. All, all, exactly. And, and I also got into flipping and purchasing uh, multifamilies. Yeah. And, and my, my real goal was to be a multifamily investor and, you know, that we could get into like, you know, like a lot of mistakes I made along the way, but I did have some multifamily properties and was yeah. building a small portfolio, um, doing, you know, residential fix and flips and yeah. then continuing to the brokerage and also private lending. And yeah. you know, that's when I got into the private lending business. So how do you get into the private, what's the nudge that gets you into the private lending business? <laughs> so a gentleman named Brian Anderson, a, a very accomplished, uh, successful individual that is now uh, the principal founder at Rise Construction. Uh, at the time was a very successful real estate investor who was accumulating and buying multifamilies, but also doing private lending and literally said to me, you know, you're going to get, I'm going to teach you to get people to borrow my money. I, I didn't know anything about right. it. And I'm, you know, I was totally green. Of course, it was 2007, 2008, whatever year it was. And I'm like, well, what, you know, what do they charge for that? I'll, right. ne I'll never forget. It. I was just talking to Amy the other day and he said, root beer. Yeah, root beer. I was talking okay. to root beer. Yeah. And uh, I love root beer floats, by the way. That's I, how it went. I might fancy myself a root beer float over the weekend. Uh, they are good. My yeah. father loves root beer floats, <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, he really it's does. Been a, it's been a while. <laughs> um, Wait, did good. you see the new uh, Pepsi milk combo? N Pilk? No. Mm. That's disgusting. Pepsi yeah, I'm going to stay together. away from it. But uh, Who's drinking that? The kids? Lindsay Lohan. I do. I really? Do, uh, She's a weirdo. I got a thing for Lindsay. She's making a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's beautiful. She's making a comeback. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, what happened to her? She, eh, she went off the deep end a little yeah. bit. But yeah. she's back, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, Crap. she's, she's back. back and she's drinking pilk. And she's drinking pilk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking yeah. About her. yeah. If we're talking about her, right. she's back. If the most listened to podcast in the world is talking about Lindsay Lohan, you're back. Yep, back. <laughs> So, so Brian Anderson gets you into private lending. Yeah, so Brian gets me into private lending. Uh, very again, he was a, um, a very he was a mentor, and um, we, our conversation, our initial conversation. Again, I was pretty green, but I, I re remember saying to him like, "I'm like, what do you charge? You know, how does it work?" And at the time, the interest was 14 percent, and the points were like four points, sometimes five points. Like, I don't even know what I don't even know what usury was, but it was it was you know it was like 14 and five and yeah, you're right I, under I, it. And I go, people pay that. And he looked me square in the eye and he said, every single day. And then, you know, I, I began to hustle and network and educate myself specifically on hard money, which can have a negative connotation, but it's really not. Yeah. And, and or private lending, however you want to identify it. And it was, it's a great business. And, you know, I, I you know, was able to do well uh, with it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a conversation that, that uh, I've had a bunch, like private lending, hard money. Um, yeah, they're broad terms, and yeah, but but there's a there's a whole there's been a whole influx into the into uh, the business of essentially institutional money and national players, and they have trying to really clean it up and call it private lending, and you know they have all these uh, you know American Association of Private Lending. In my mind, it's hard money, and it's not it, it it's it's not hard because we're gonna come break your legs. It's not hard because it's hard to get. It's hard because you know it's there and you can count on it. 
That's the way I look at it, right? When a borrower of ours wants to buy a house, he knows he can go and say, I'm cash because I'm going to go to Chris Roach and, and Chris Roach is going to lend me the money. So I've got that I've got that rock. I've got that hard money ready to go, just like cash. And that's the reality of it. No, uh, I, I agree. I don't have a problem myself with the with the term it's, it's it's just some folks struggle with it so. yeah well they you know then you're a loan shock and i mean i've been called everything under the sun and yeah you know come to the office you'll see it's a this is a legit very legitimate business and no quite frankly danny it's you know it's more than legit i i speak to your your um your work ethic and your your ethics in in general and you know um i'm i'm, I'm couldn't be more happy you know working again with you and chris um because it, it not everybody is as ethical as thorough uh, you know, as, and as, as you are, and in, 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 in handsome, <laughs> definitely. So, so you're with you're with Brian Anderson for a number of years. Yes, and then uh, eventually you come over to Crowd Lending. Yeah. So, so Papa Paisan and I, Mr. Christopher Fumara, we go back to to the college days when he was down in Barry University with a, a very close mutual friend, Brett Kelly. Yeah. At Brick and Beam, I go down. A little there. plug there for Brick and Beam this yeah. week. Sponsor Brick and Beam. Always plugging Brick and Beam, and always great plugging. food. They do an incredible job with their chicken wings. Yeah, great food. Just don't golf with Brett. If, Ever. If, if you're over, and it doesn't even matter what you hand. Doesn't matter. Somehow, somehow he's gonna get you. He has to play it at two. Yeah, yeah. I was a victim to him. I was <laughs> a foolish victim for years, but I saw the light. You know, I, I accepted. <laughs> I accepted what I am. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, but Chris and I developed a friendship through Brett at Barry University, and uh, you know, and also Chris was you know in the restaurant business and stuff, and you know, we you got a restaurant. So I did. That was one of the that was one of the nudges in the wrong direction. I, you know, I ended up like making some money and, you know, from hustling hard work and flipping properties and making some poor investments and, you know, I ended up investing. And, it, it, you know, it wasn't a loss, but it didn't work out. You know, I was- So you're not to, in the, it's a landmark, no, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm no longer involved. I was able to just recapture my initial capital um, in small increments over time. And But you got it all happened, out. Yeah, I got it all out. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's a win. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. But you Restaurant always, business is a hard business, man. And of course it is. And I was always told to stay in your own lane. It's funny. So, so John Hines, you know yeah. that John and I are good friends and I, I've gone to him on numerous occasions for like business ventures. And he told me to stay out of the deal. There were, there were like three things I've done in my life and he told me not to do it. And I didn't listen to him and I did it anyways. <laughs> and then every time it exploded, you know, so, so listen to your elders. Like, right. like when we started the podcast. Right. Those they, oh, see what he did? They looped it back. That's amazing radio he right there. He also called you an elder. He, no, he, no, he's talking to John Hines. Yes, and, about and, it. and for anyone in general. I'm March. Just, I'm March of, of 76. What are you? Yeah, August 76. Oh, so I am your elder. Uh, yeah. Respect yep. your elders. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Respect everybody. So, right. uh, so, you, so you, Chris has a conversation with you. Yes, and, and he, Chris is such a character, and um, I actually, you know, I have to tell the story because you know. Um, so Chris goes into the whole crowd lending concept prior to the formation, yeah, like like any kind of like official formation, yeah, you know, like crowdfunding had had kind of just began, you know, yeah. like um, in the financial markets, and you know, Chris came up with the idea and you know, got the name, and he said, you know, we went to eat at Scola's. Scola's is like a, a sub shop that um, is down the, the waterfront in South Boston, and Chris is just such a character, but you know, he broke down in the, the concept. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, again, I love him very much. So, you know, we, we connected and, and then after you guys officially formed it, yeah. and then I kind of came on board. Yeah. 2016, we did our first loan. Yeah. Now yeah. we're pushing 2023. Yeah. Yeah. 
decent run. Oh no, no, we've had a great run, a, a great run. And again, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm having this conversation frequently. You know, like we've we've learned a lot, but we're strict with our underwriting. We're thorough. Mm-hmm. Certainly, obviously, made our mistakes, but you know, um, we're in a good place. And there's been it, the last three years was super competitive. There were more lenders, both national and local, than I've ever seen before. Super aggressive, and I'm just scratching my head trying to figure out what's going on. You know, yeah. like what's going on here? When does when does this all fall apart? And it's all kind of falling apart. Well, and that's what we like, talked about. We we had this conversation numerous times. Like, just let's just. Stay steady. Do what we do. Those people are going to fall by the wayside, and they did. We do with patience. Yes, which is another great life lesson. Yes, have some patience. Yes, and it, and it's also the long game. That's yeah. the life. Yeah. It's, it's the long game. We're playing. The and long I game. I struggle with that because I I sometimes you know if things not going great, I'm like full panic mode, right? And and you're like, oh my god, the world's ending. The sky is what's that? What's a chicken little? Chicken little. Chicken little. The sky's falling. The sky's falling. Like and then you wake up. You're like, okay, wait a minute. We have this is a, this is a long play. This isn't going to close tomorrow, and everything's going to and you out of luck, right? It, you know, you make mistakes. You got time to make it up, and and you've got a long long runway to make a pretty good business. Yeah, but if you don't think like that, I can see how people get so in their head that they just freeze up and they can't make any decisions. Because you do have to make decisions when bad times come. You have to make decisions, and sometimes they're hard decisions. But if people freeze up and don't make those decisions. Then they stay right where they are. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to be decisive. What's that? There's another. I'm all about sayings today because I didn't really have a lot of. Usually, I have some funny stuff at the beginning. And to tell you, I was I've, I've been pretty busy at work, which is like so I've been able to. Dan, I know. I, I, I don't like saying that though. No, listen, Everybody's but, busy, but no. So what's the no, saying? No, hold on. I want to oh. actually say something. Look, oh. I have nothing but respect for your work ethic, and you work. You, you, are you I know, busy? but you're working hard. I don't the know, one I don't, time I went to a meeting, and I'm I'm trying to like you know like soften like the the, the tone, and uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, I said something like, "Listen, I, Dan, I have nothing but respect." He goes, "I don't give me that. I don't want to hear it." He goes, and I go, "Why don't you want to hear it?" He goes, "There's a butt coming up. There is no butt coming." <laughs> there was up. a butt. <laughs> it was like a. It was yeah. a real small lowercase b. <laughs> <laughs> but it really it wasn't a real. But it was butt. a bot. <laughs> uh, but the saying is like, if you go, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. Right. Because what happens if you stop? You're f- yeah. Pod my but peep that out. Which jeez, that's twice today. So you screwed. What are you gonna stay in hell? And can I tell you something about swearing? Yeah. You used to correct me about I know, swearing, Danny. I know, but I don't usually swear on the show. I don't know. I'm a, and I haven't I'm sworn. Very emotional. You're doing yeah. a great job. You're doing a great job watching you. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Every once in a while, a, 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 a swear slips out. They don't know that. Who's no, they? So, hey, don't we're on the phone. This. No, they don't. Beep. <laughs> we beep them out. Hey, we're on the phone together. It's just him and I. And uh, I'm like. That whole story, that whole story is being beeped out. Well, we're, we're, Chris, we're lucky to have you here at Crowd Lending. I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm glad we were able to get this done. I know it was very difficult with uh, with Root Beer's schedule. Our producer over here taking all these days off at the end of the year. You need to take days off too. No, I do. You're right. We'll make a pact. We'll take days off. All right, let's do that. <laughs> And and in conclusion, I'm very grateful to be here, and I'll always stay grateful. And you know, we have a good team, at the whole team. You know, it's it's a it's a real team oriented you know company, as you said the other night yeah. at the party. 
And um, great party. And by the way, there's no booze in those drinks at Serafina's. <laughs> there's no booze. I don't, in them. I don't know. Pure I don't espresso know. in the. It was just like I, I had. I had like whatever. I'm not going to talk about how many drinks I had, but I've never seen you so excited than when the espresso martini came to the table. I really like it. I'm a big espresso martini guy. <laughs> Do you like espresso martini? No, they're a little Pure too joy. strong. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm a lightweight. Yeah. So um, they're a little too strong for me. I, I'll, but you I'll like do you, you like espresso? Sure, of course. Yeah. Too much caffeine in those for me though. Right. I I'm a caffeine guy. You like caffeine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the North End, so I, I love walking around over there and getting my espressos and coffees. And, Is know. it espresso? Right. Espresso. Espresso. Well, I'm an I'm, I'm an Irishman. So. I say espresso <laughs> sometimes too, though. And I was getting made fun of it the other day because I ordered an espresso martini, and all my buddies are like it's an espresso martini. I would get corrected also. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. So. Well, if that's what we're getting corrected for, we're all right. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> all right, Mr. Roach, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. To all my fans out there, all our fans out there, Root Bears fans. Root Bears going on vacation for the rest of the year. So we'll see you when she gets back in 2023. Happy holidays. No, we're gonna have do fun. we're gonna we're gonna do a couple more episodes before the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. Have fun. Yeah, have fun. You deserve it. You go, what's going on in New York? I'm going to see the Rockettes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's gonna be exciting. We went last year. So you I and John? It's gonna be, yeah, a tradition. Wow. Maybe. Maybe this is the weekend? I mean, I planned it, so no, like, oh. he can't piggyback on that. Oh, you can't do that? No. We're talking about uh, potential engagement here. Mm. If Johnny's listening out there. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Officer, Johnny Johnny Cops. Trooper. Johnny <laughs> Trooper. Cops. Johnny Cops. Trooper Johnny. He, so so hold on. Let's before we before we go off air here, let's talk about that. He can't piggyback on your trip? No. So, if I plan a trip yeah. away for the weekend, yeah. you can't steal that. By giving you a ring to marry you. That's how... Th- women are so crazy like that. I would rather it be like at home in the living room. He planned it, like made dinner. I planned the weekend. So he can't take my weekend. Are you listening to this? Mm. So, okay. So let's let's just, let's just mm. play let's play this out. Let's play this out. Because I can see it happening, right? He goes, Johnny, awesome guy, by the way. Really good guy. Goes down there. Pops the question. You obviously say yes. Oh, my God. I would... Has- Whenever, wherever, right. however. But then you're going to come home and you're going to tell your girlfriend and your girlfriend's going to go, he stole your weekend? None of my <laughs> friends would say that. Nobody. He stole your weekend? Or they're fine. they might not say it to you, but they're going to call, right? They're going to back to a text their friend. Maybe. He stole her weekend. I'll be like, no, he planned everything. Yeah. He did no, it. Now we're just going to build our life on a lie, which right. is even better. That's fine. That's fine. He would give All me right. a twist tie. And- oh, that's not true. He could. He could. Yeah. Yeah. He won't. <laughs> but he could. But sp- speaking to that subject, may I say one thing in, in conclusion, please? Yeah, in conclusion. No person has given me a greater nudge than my beautiful wife, Tina. Oh. So, oh. yeah, she's the classiest, most beautiful. Most yeah, because you got a bunch person. of people at your house now. You got like, how, how many kids you got we over have, there? We have five children. Sometimes uh, my wife would say six children, and, yeah. and I'm the most difficult. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with her on that. Definitely, Hi, absolutely. Yeah, no. I'm yeah, and you got a young one now. Yeah, my uh, my beautiful son Ryan, Ryan Christopher Roach, and uh, yeah, he's the most. He's he'll be a, a year in in a couple of weeks. Oh my yeah. god, it's been a year. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, literally. He's December thirtieth so is his birthday. Oh, yeah, he'll be one year so old. So sweet. Yeah. Christmas birthday, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's okay. My my biggest thing with him is no. I just, I, I, no, no, no. Every, like, the, the kids are so spoiled. Yeah. It's crazy. Just no, no, no. I love telling them no. I just say it all night long. <laughs> I want them to learn it and understand it. Yeah. I want them to know challenge and adversity. Well, there you go. How to raise your kid, just tell them no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. As always, if anybody needs anything, 
give me a call because everybody needs a nudge. Thank you, Mr. Rupia. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Rupia. Good job, Rupia. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.